Welcome to Finance to Futurist, a side trade podcast series on how innovation, data and AI are disrupting order to cash. Hi, this is Natalie Silverman for Side Trade. Welcome to Finance to Futurist. On today's episode, we have an order to cash expert who has been on both sides of the table as a credit director for global enterprises and now helps those same customers evolve from seeing order to cash as a tactical necessity to a strategic asset. Please welcome SciTrade Solutions Consultant and former OTC practitioner, Andrea Baker. Good morning, Andrea, and thanks for sitting down for Finance to Futurist. Hi, Natalie. Thank you so much for having me. Really great to be here. I really am excited to talk to you, especially because I know you have a very interesting background. So at first and foremost, would love to hear more about yourself and just to let our listeners know where you came from prior to SideTrade. Well, I have been in the world of audit cash credit management for just about 25 years, starting as a credit analyst and then working my way through the ranks, finally, as a global director of credit in an international company until about last year. So I took a fairly traditional route doing various different exams and rotating, not so much a ladder, but more of a spiral staircase, because I think you, you sort of collect things as you go and try and work in different industries. So yeah, and uh, now I'm bringing that all together as a solutions consultant here at SideTrade. Well, we're very happy to have you on the other side of the house. And today's conversation, I really wanted to dive into the credit manager and the day in the life of a credit manager. From your perspective, now that, again, you're, you're kind of on the vendor side, but you know, maybe you could talk through how you feel the credit manager's role has evolved in order to cash, even since you've been part of that world. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that it's one of those finance roles, which has absolutely sort of changed 180 degrees, if you've been lucky enough to to take the opportunities. And if I look back at when I first started, and these were the days where the AS400 computer was probably in the corner, and you're allocated a ledger, and you're allocated customers, and you just work through them almost a very transactional way. And it was great to see that you were able to make an impact on a company, but it was very micro. It was very at the level of transactions. And it was often not possible to see the impact that you made in a wider guise. And I think that's for me, is one of the biggest changes over the course of my career is that the credit managers and credit directors that I talk to today have the ability to be incredibly strategic and help to drive the direction of businesses. Whereas perhaps in the past, they're a little bit back office, a little bit sort of transactional. And whilst that was highly valued, it can somewhat become a little bit sort of grey. It's really hard to keep people into that space if they're not really into that level of detail. So for me, the biggest change has been the availability of data and technology, which has been able to change the world of the credit manager from being purely transactional through to being that strategic advisor. That's a great transition because my next question was going to be around data and how you think data has made finance teams, like you said, more dynamic versus, you know, less transactional or less tactical. The other thing is too, you know, when you talk about data, we've launched here at SideTrade what we call a data lake. And I know that the term data lake can actually sound scary or very techie. And I know it's finance to futurist, this podcast, but maybe you could help us break down how that type of data, whether it's buyer or seller data can be beneficial to not just a CFO, but even just to the day-to-day credit manager that, again, wants to be a bit more dynamic. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we used to say cash is king, but you know what? 
data is king these days because what we used to find was that you would get the information in front of you, you would make your calls that week or that month and you would collect your cash and then you would repeat it all over again. And very often the collection of that data wasn't, it wasn't possible. Just simply the technology wasn't there or the technology was prioritized elsewhere. So as a credit manager in sort of, you know, the early 2000s, you really only had what was in front of you and maybe what was in a month or two behind. And it only really expand your customers. So you were really just repeating the same process, expecting to get the same outcomes. Now, we're, for me, using the data lake, as I did in my previous role, what that meant was that I could look at the information that was available to me, which had a much wider span. So I wasn't just looking at how my customers were behaving in my interactions, but I had insights into how they were behaving with others. Now, you might ask, well, you can get that from credit reference agencies. And yeah, you absolutely can. But where I see a difference for this type of data is that this information is up to date as of now. It's not reliant on self-reporting and it's not reliant on particular algorithms or modeling treatments credit reference agencies might put in place. So all of that difference and all that ability of data enabled me and my teams to be able to make the best of our contributors. So whether it was people within our departments or within our sales teams who we wanted to be able to say, hey, this look at the complexion of this customer, look at their behavioral insights. Let's see if we can do something different to improve the relationship. Can we grow sales? Can we reduce debt? Can we make the customer happy? And if you've got the information around what that customer's buying, what that customer's doing with those invoices, are they happy with the invoices? Are they paying them on time? Are they paying them with a delay? What kind of a delay? Do you know why that delay? All of that richness of information enables you to, when you're next talking to that customer, know where they're at. The one thing that I've heard time and time again is the job of an order to cash process is to get the best out of somebody else's procure to pay process. Because when those two processes work in concert, the cash flows in the way that both the buyer and the seller intended it to. Once you've got that level of understanding and you're approaching your customers, you can then empathize with them because you know perhaps the strengths or weaknesses your relationship has. A lot of times it's played out with invoices and it's a lot of time it's played out whether an invoice is disputed, is it well understood? So for me, that level of data is actually more important than what their last balance sheet said or what their P&L six months ago said. It's how do you actually make the best out of that whole relationship with your customer? So it's a bit of a long answer there, but it's a bit of a key subject of mine. No, I love it because you're right. Sometimes, you know, we look at past payment behavior and we think that's that's the predictor of what's happening in the future. But in a way, you need to look at forward looking trends. You need to be predictive and benchmark and be dynamic and in real time because, you know, there's internal factors that are happening at a business. And guess what? External factors, right? Inflation, things happening outside of our control, supply chain issues happening, right? World economic issues, right, that are causing disruption. So, you know, those are the things you can't prepare for, but how can you think more predictively, right, as opposed to just looking at the past? I think one of the things you can do is if you have the right sort of data, which we have in the data lake, you can look back at certain events and you can look at the macro events and you can look at the impact they have. So although things do change, I mean, in terms of supply chain fragility, we literally go from one supply chain fragility macro reason to another, be it a pandemic, be it sanctions, be it natural disasters. These things have all happened over the last six or seven years. 
and each one has had a different impact on the supply chain. Now, if you know how your customer behaves in certain situations, you can get ahead of that. So if you see that perhaps you're waiting, that particular customer is reliant upon a particular commodity or a particular input, then you know what they're going to be like if they can't get hold of that. One of the things that we miss often when you talk about order to cash is the impact of inventory on working capital. And at the moment, we're seeing a lot of stress in the supply chain. So there's a lot of companies who are building up their inventory. And obviously, the pressure on working capital that that brings means that they have a limited set of options into maximizing their working capital. Now, if you understand your customer's buying process and you understand when they're going to be paying their bills and you can tap into when they're naturally going to be doing their payment cycles, then you are aligning yourself with their path of least resistance and therefore you're more likely to get paid. If you're trying to jam your process into one of theirs and they don't sync, then you're going to create tension. You're going to create tension in the fact that the cash won't flow. You're going to create tension in the relationship. And you're also going to create a cost tension because both sides are going to have to put more effort into moving that relationship on. So just understanding some of those real basics around how the customer behaves over time really does help you to predict what's going to happen in the future. This has been so insightful. I'm going to ask you one last question. And if you had a crystal ball, right, and you could go back to talk to Andrea as a credit manager, maybe as you were first starting out, what advice would you give to her? Or what advice would you give to to maybe somebody that's brand new to order to cash to make them from the very beginning, maybe understand what it would be to be a strategic advisor to the business, you know, not to just think of themselves maybe as the center of finance or center of just the team they're working on, but how to think a little bit bigger and bigger picture. Oh, my advice would always be get closer to your commercial teams and bring with you as much data as you can get from your customers. So I would say keep as much data as you can, get as much data as you can and make friends with your sales team. Thanks, Andrea, for your insights into the future of finance. For Side Trade, this is Natalie Silverman. This has been another episode of Finance to Futurist, a Side Trade podcast series. Make sure you catch every episode by subscribing to our podcast on sidetrade.com or through your podcast platform of choice. Thanks so much for tuning in. This podcast is brought to you by Sidetrade and is for general information purposes only. All rights reserved.